You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Well, how many of you here actually had water? Okay, yeah, a lot of us. Um, <clears throat> that's uh, coming from, from Florida for the last 10 years, where we had hurricanes, but the only water we ever had was when pipes burst. So this is a bit disconcerting as we're sitting here, and we knew that the, there had been water in Eastbrook and there had been problems, but as we watched the creek rise and out our basement windows, we are just watching it get closer and closer and closer until it's up against the windows and it all comes pouring in. You know, it's one of those where you're sitting there and your neighbor is calling SOS because they are having all sorts of issues. They're already flooding. And so we're over there. Then I get my daughter to yell over, we're taking on water. So we got to go back and trying to get everything out of the basement. You know, it's one of those times where you see the neighborhood buzzing with some panic. You see people shuffling. You see all sorts of stuff happening. And then there comes a point where you just have to stop. And there's nothing more you can do. And you just go like this. And you just let what's going to happen, happen. Let the waters come. And you deal with the rest of it. And the night falls. And you don't have much sleep. And you're pretty anxious about what's going on. But the sun rises. And something extraordinary happened when the sun rose the next day is that bustle of activity from fear actually turned into a bustle of activity of community. That we saw all these people arriving. We had people delivering water on rafts because the water down Yorktown Pike was up to their waist. But they're bringing water and supplies down rafts to our, our neighborhood. People were walking over and through wet everything just to get stuff to us. We had people right at our doorstep with gloves and ready to go to work. And when we actually had the blessing of having too many people, we were able to move people next door to our other neighbor. And the neighbors, when they were finished over here, were able. And we all shifted people around because this is what community does. You saw a small glimpse of something godly and beautiful and perfect in those moments of the greatest despair where there are a lot of tears and they turn from frustration and sorrow to joy. And it's once I was thinking about, you know, just the church and this church in particular is in those circumstances where there's the unknown and you just kind of have to step back and go, that's where you realize the church makes a difference. You make a difference. What happens right here in this church makes a difference because in those moments, that's when the Holy Spirit starts to do something and you see what community actually means. You have a unique opportunity in this moment to become something even greater than you had imagined. It's your choice. Let's pray. Father, as we start this morning, Lord, I thank you for the fact that you are good. And you are God, no matter what happens, no matter the circumstances, no matter how high the waters rise, you will always part them. No matter what we lose, it can all be replaced. And Father, in the midst of it, we get to see just your joy, your goodness. Lord, we get to see you. 
So Father, this morning, may these words not be mine but yours. May you get this faulty voice box just to move out of the way and let your Holy Spirit move. Lord, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to have you guys welcome me. It's kind of a homecoming for me to be able to be here. Um, I think it's been... (laughs) Some of you know me, some of you don't. Uh, I was associate pastor here 11 plus years ago. And then spent the last 10 plus in Tampa, and then the last year or so we came back, and I've been back in Mason City and absolutely love being home. Well, our daughter graduated as a senior, and since we made all these shifts, she wasn't able to graduate at the high school, so she graduated homeschool, and that was actually the coolest thing I think we have ever experienced. Because when you graduate homeschool, it's at a church, and you have so much that you have to engage and do. And we're able to speak over our daughter. We're able to write a letter to our daughter. We're able to pray over our daughter. A lot of it really sheltered around, and it was, it was surrounded around the whole idea of these, are, these kids love Jesus. And God's got great plans for them. But we don't dismiss the fact that, you know, our daughter coming home as a senior, uprooting her from Iowa dropping her in Florida, uprooting her from Florida, dropping her here, health issues, all this other stuff going on. It was not an easy road. But my wife had picked out a scripture. And uh, before I do that, one of the things about my house is since all of our stuff that was in the basement is now upstairs, I could not at all find my Bible. It's piled under a bunch of different stuff. And so the only one I could find is this. I cannot read this for the life of me. So I fortunately was able to find my reading glasses. So now I'll be able to read my scripture, but I can't see any of you. (laughs) So you can make faces all you want. I won't know. But I loved this scripture. It was out of Romans 5, 3. And this is the words that we just spoke over her and prayed over her. It says, we can rejoice too, for when we run into problems and trials, we know that they will help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strength of our confidence and hope. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know now how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. There's a beautiful transition that happens here when we begin to understand the truth about trials in our life. We don't like to have bad stuff happen. We don't like these things. It's very uncomfortable. But God says it's reality. It's what we're going to live with. We're going to deal with this stuff. We're in a broken world, and you're going to deal with bad stuff. But God gives a promise here. You know, as Paul was talking to the church in Rome, he gave a promise. And that promise was that we can rejoice. Because when we run into these problems and trials, it's going to happen. We know that they can help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character develops Um, our hope, and this hope will not disappoint. But here's the question I ask. When we read the scripture, again, be any scripture that has a promise to it, when we read the scripture, does it play out true? Is it true in our life? Do those trials really lead to endurance and hope? Yes, no, maybe, I don't Many times in my life, trust me when I say I was just watching the water come up to the window and start pouring in, I wasn't going, yay, Jesus. (laughs) Probably not the first thing on my mind. 
But when you step back and you see how God is still operating in the midst of all of it, the scripture starts to come into a little more clarity. But in, my, in working on my master's degree, the one thing that I know that you cannot do is you cannot just take a scripture, cut it out, and go and paste it onto a situation. Because that is going to misappropriate the, the scripture more times than not. You have to understand who it was to, why it was spoken, you know, the context around what it was spoken to, and understand the fact in the process of all of this that there is scripture that is definitively for us here today. There's scripture that was written for the people of the time that may apply to us today. And there's scripture that was written that really has no application for us today. It's truth, and we can learn lessons from it, but we shouldn't be applying it to our lives because it's just not relevant that way. So we have to understand when we're looking at scripture that way, what does this actually mean? And if we just kind of take this out and we paste it over here, kind of like I've done, it loses its power. It loses the context, the richness of what God is actually trying to say in Scripture. And so I want to back us up a little bit because I think so many times I've got, here they are. We have ourselves that are sitting here. Sorry, Dad. My dad's an artist and I can't draw stick people. It's just not on the genetics. (laughs) Oops, nor can I draw. Right. So many times, we look at life this way. We're standing off over here, and we read scripture like that and says, okay, there is a promise in there. Okay, is that promise for us? If it is, are we seeing it? Is it coming to fruition? What's happening? Why so many times is there this chasm between our reality and the promise of what God says is supposed to happen? Because God is saying to the church of that day through Paul, hey, this is the reality. You're going to face this stuff, but here is the promise in this. And what it says is, okay, who's that to? Is that just to that church? Well, maybe we're trying to apply that promise and it doesn't apply to us today. So we've got to look around the scripture. You actually need to read all of Romans, but if you were to back up just a little bit, you get to understand what this really means, and it gives an absolutely fascinating insight into Abraham. Now, if you're not a a scholar buff, I'm sorry, but I'm going to dive into a little bit because you have to understand what scripture is talking about, the richness, the depth, that this is a book that is alive and well, but it's also history. It also tells us some truths of things way back. Who here has heard of Abraham? Uh, how many in, just sorry, I had a flashback to VBS, Father Abraham. Anybody? Okay, if you're, if you're under the age of 40, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But the rest of us, you all get that, right? So we all knew Abraham from kind of back in the day. And this is what it says. It says, in Romans 4, 16, So the promise is received by faith. It is a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it whether or not we will be according to the laws of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham, for Abraham is a father who believes, and it goes on to talk about the law and the faith and the faith that Abraham had, the promise that was given and the faith was a conduit to that promise. And it goes on to 18, says, even though there was no reason. (laughs) Gonna grab that? (laughs) Shouldn't be poking the board. Even though there was no reason 
to hope. This is what it says. And why was there no reason to hope? Because Abraham was an old dude. He was an old, old man. He said he kept hoping, believing that God would become, that he would truly become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, this is how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though he was about 100 years of age. He figured that his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. He basically said, hey, you and your wife are going to have a whole bunch of kids. You're going to be able to develop, I mean, descendants more than the stars. You are going to be the promise for many. And he's sitting there going, I'm 100 years old, and my wife, she's not getting any younger. Okay. How many of us have been faced with somewhat of an impossible situation in that moment when, okay, God, I, just, I fully trust you no matter what. I trust you. That's generally not the response. But it says Abraham never wavered in believing in God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him righteous. And when God counted him righteous, it wasn't for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit. He's talking to the church. And he's talking to us, to assure that God will also count us righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins and was raised to life to make us right with God. See, we're faced many times with decisions. And when we have, there it goes again. I'm just going to hold it for right now. When we have trials, when we have decisions, when we have things that need to be made, and many times they don't go as we plan, we're hit with something, we all make a decision. And that decision is either going to be fear or it's going to be faith. And that decision filters this outcome. We can look at this and go, okay, God has promised us in these times, in these trials, in these things that that church is going to be facing under the Roman government and as a new church and then having refugees coming back from all over the place, being over, overpowered with, with too many needs, with all this stuff happening, that there's a promise in it. But we look at it and go, hmm, that doesn't seem logical. That doesn't seem reality. So I'm going to reject that promise. And I'm going to have fear. I'm going to have doubt. I'm going to have, you know, whatever. Anything apart from the faith to, to trust that God is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he is going to do runs us a different route than if we just say, I believe God is who he says he is. I believe that his promise in that is true. No matter what, I'm going to follow that. It may not happen right now. It may not happen five years from now, but no matter what, I'm going to trust. Can you grab this and see if you can fix this? Because I got to let this go. <laughs> okay, thank you. And so we see in the midst of this, it says Abraham never wavered from his belief in God's promise. 
And if you're thinking about it at all, you're going, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We've got a slight problem with that. Because we see that Abraham believed in the promise, but it wasn't working in the time frame that he thought it should. So in Abraham's wisdom, he thought he helped God, right? So what did he do? He found another woman. And he's like, okay, God's promise is this. It's obviously not happening. This is taking too long. It must be Sarah's fault. So I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to make a decision, and I'm going to run a lineage like God promised here. And so what do we see happen? A lineage ran here, and then with Sarah, a lineage ran here. So God actually lived up to his promise the way he said it would happen. But Abraham took a step to the side and made a different decision. So my main question with this was why was that omitted from here? Why wasn't that talked about? Why didn't God choose to have that in this? Because if you, if you have any of the Bible story at all, you know what happens. But it totally avoids that. It just says Abraham never wavered from his belief in God's promise. In fact, his great faith grew stronger and he brought glory to God. Well, I think that's an important dynamic for each one of us to understand. That even in the midst of this, even when a decision is made here, it ultimately will not negate God's promise from coming to fruition. And I think that's really important for us to understand. Because we're not going to be perfect people. We're going to screw up every single day. But what's more important than what was said here was what was not said. It was not felt necessary that that part of the story be put in place because it did not line up with the objective of what the scripture was talking about. The scripture was talking about faith and promise. And Abraham took a pretty serious sidestep to try and take things into his own hands, but it did not negate the promise that God had put in place. And in our lives, we make these decisions sometimes daily. But when God places a promise in our life and a promise in this scripture for us, we may take some detours, we may even take some routes, and it may take way longer than we want things to work out. And we may get upset and we may get frustrated and we may make bad decisions, but it will not negate the promise that God made in our lives. I mean, trust me, I've tried to run from God. I didn't want to ever be up here again. I didn't want to do this. I didn't pick this thing up for almost a year. And so I kept choosing this. But it's an interesting thing what Scripture says. Scripture talks about the fact that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're filled with the power of God. 
And that even when you try and run, even when you're out there on your boat and your boat's just been blown up and you are on a life raft hanging on to the side or a buoy and you're just like, this is too much, I can't do it, I let go. And you want to just sink. God goes, "Uh uh-uh. And you may just find yourself floating in this weird spot where you're just hardly treading water. But eventually, even as you're trying as hard as you can to get away, he just does this. And the Holy Spirit starts to almost kind of like, you know, the old Folgers commercial. Okay, young people, you won't get this, but the pots he used to put on, you know, at the, the stove and you used to start to, yeah, start to bubble up in your, in your soul. And then there's something that happens and the joy starts to creep in. You're like, hmm. And then you start to realize, oh my goodness. Then you start to realize what it truly means when it says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confidence of hope and this hope will not lead, will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us but he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This is a damaged, broken world. Satan is very real. And he will do what he can to destroy you and your family. But God throws a stake in the ground and says, no matter what the storms are swirling around, you will never be forsaken. No matter how far out you think you're floating, no matter how far down you think you go, you are still tethered to me. And my hope endures. When you don't have strength, I do. And that's the perfect place to be. And when I read this, I also read this as a message to Praise Community Church. Because we're just a bunch of broken people. Many times making more of a mess of things than we could ever hope to have God's grace fix. But he has a promise for this church. He has a promise for this future. He has a promise that when we truly understand that we don't have to live in this fear, but that we can live in this faith, that the circumstances around us may be swirling, but we can ground ourselves in the truth of this word and realize that this Romans 5.3 is And we can rest in that no matter what is happening. To realize our lives aren't ours, they're God's. This church isn't ours, it's God's. The enemy is not going to take this under. This is your opportunity to come out when the sun rises, to come outside and to see where the help is needed and to engage that. And allow the power of God to be used through you to unify, unite, and to move forward to a new chapter that he has planned for you. He has positioned you, Praise Community Church, uniquely in this community. 
and never forget that. And there are going to be times where in our lives and in this church, this feels like our reality. But even if we make this decision to decide, God's promise still holds true. In this church and us as believers, we will prevail. Because the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. Praying in the spirit right there. Good stuff. So my question for you today. What do you choose? You choose faith? or fear. But no matter what we choose, God's promise stands strong. He will never, ever leave us or forsake us. And he is good. Let's get ready for what's next. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. Lord, we just surrender to your presence. We surrender to your goodness. We surrender our lives just to you. Lord, we realize that our lives are not ours, they're yours. This church is not ours, it's yours. So Lord, we pray that you do your best right now. We know at best we're imperfect people, but you extend grace beyond anything that we can ever imagine. Lord, it's not cheap and we do not take it for granted, but Lord, when we're down, you pick us back up, brush us off, say, keep going, keep going, keep going. And you give us the strength. Lord, may in these situations we live out Romans 5, 3 through 5 and have the endurance and the hope and the joy and the promise in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.